Welcome back to another episode. What if I told you that you were doing absolutely everything right, the right habits, the right tasks, the right direction, the right focus, and your success was still not going to happen because there was something near you that was destroying every chance of it possibly happening? It's a fact. It happens more often than people like to admit, and it's an easy fix. And I break it down in this episode to guarantee your success, to make sure that your hard work, your hard energy is going to the right place to achieve the right goal and that you are set up to win. So I'm not gonna do it any more justice than that. So I'm gonna stop bumping my gums. Let's cue the intro. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good, because this is the Mind of George podcast where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. Well, hello, whatever day of the week it is. What are we gonna talk about today? We're gonna talk about how to set yourself up to guarantee your win. We're gonna talk about environments. We're gonna talk about containers. I'm gonna talk about intention. And my intention is to keep this episode 10, 12 minutes max, but to give you some tangibles to put into practice immediately that will catapult your results or your momentum forward to where you want to go. So I'm standing in my studio right now. It is a Sunday afternoon. I'm flying tomorrow and I've been in my studio for the last 16 hours over the last two days, probably 12 hours of manual labor. I have literally stapled hundreds of sound panels around my office. I made a meditation station. I redid my altar. I cleaned stuff. I threw stuff away. I put stuff out. And it's Sunday. And I love spending time with the family, but I had to come pack and get some equipment today before my trip tomorrow. And I came into the office and I walked into the office. And the moment I walked into the door, all I wanted to do was work. I wanted to record a podcast. I wanted to outline episodes. I wanted to respond to comments like I felt invigorated. So I called my wife. I was like, hey, babe, like I feel incredible. Like I feel driven. I feel clear. I feel on it. And we talked for a minute and I realized that the space that I had before was everything that I needed, but it wasn't what I wanted. And so the container that I had was like, all right, I'll go to the office. I'll get stuff done. And I love coming in, but there were some things that were off. And so over the last week, I've intentionally redesigned everything. So in front of my desk, I have my altar, my stones, my sound bowl. On the wall to my left, I have all family photos, and I consider that my second altar. I put a meditation cushion down in front of it, and every day before my calls, before my podcasts, I meditate, I look at that wall, I set my intention, and now walking into my office invigorates me. It makes me feel ready to go. It makes me want to go. And even if I'm having anxiety or I'm having an off day, it inspires me to keep going because my container, the area that I am, is set up that I succeed. I walk into this studio and all I have to do to record a podcast is hit one button. It turns on all the lights that you can see if you're watching this on video. If you're listening, it turns on one, two, three, four, five lights, one microphone and one camera. So at any moment, when inspiration hits or my team needs something or one of you asks me a question, I can just go record a podcast. I don't have to wait. I don't have to set stuff up. I don't have to fumble around. I don't have to clean my desk. Just like if at any moment when I get off a call, like let's say I get off a heavy coaching call and I took on something that wasn't mine, like I'm feeling anxiety, I'm feeling overwhelmed, or I'm feeling scarcity. 
I don't have to go anywhere or sit with it. I take six steps out from under my desk and I go to my meditation zone. I have my crystals. I have my sage. I have my Palo Santo. I have my sound bath. I have everything I need to energetically clear. Everything around me is designed to do one thing. Everything around me is designed to keep me in flow, to keep me in momentum, and to keep me pushing forward towards that goal of winning that gold medal or being the brightest light ever or to consistently push because my entire environment is designed to do that. And that was actually my phone <laughs> telling me that I hit my activity goal for the day because I've been moving around my office. So thank you, Aura Ring, for helping me. And so everything is by design and by design ensures that I win. And so I literally have been doing this for years and I find when I hit some lulls or if I hit something that doesn't feel good, then I need to look at my space. I need to look at my quote unquote container. I need to ask myself what's good that I wanna keep, what's missing and what adjustments do I need to make so that I feel ready to go or set up to win. And so the inverse of that, so that's my physical space. And the inverse of that is my digital space. And so for those of you that see me on social media, if you're in our Facebook group, if you're on my friends list on Facebook, I've been removing 100 people a day from my Facebook friends. And we are removing about 2,200 members from the Facebook group if they haven't engaged in the last 90 days. Now, is that because I don't want you there? No, I want you there if you can participate and partake at least once a month. That means one, two comments a month. But what it allows me to do, it is allows me to feel like my group and my personal profile are designed for me to support people because I know what I'm putting out there and who's seeing it. And if you haven't engaged with me in two years, it doesn't really matter, but sometimes it takes up mental bandwidth for me to think about it or I get frustrated. And so I said, screw it. And so when we think about environment design, when we think about quote unquote containers, what we need to think about is we need to think about our physical containers, right? Our home, our car, our house, our office, our home office, our gym bag. But then we have to think about our digital containers. And these are the things like your iPhone, your social media, your computer, your desktop, and how everything is set up. And every single one of those areas needs to be intentionally designed for who you want to be not for who you currently are, for who you want to be, not for who you currently are. You need to design them at the level of your future self. And so let's say you haven't worked out in six months, but you wanna start walking. Well, you need to design your house and your container so that when you wake up in the morning after your morning pee, the only thing around you is your clothes, your shoes, and you already planned the walk. So when you wake up, you go for that walk. If you decided to eliminate gluten or dairy, it doesn't do you any good if in the middle of the night you have cravings and all that food that you used to eat is still in the house, right? So what you have to do is you have to design your life, your environments, and your containers to protect your momentum and to protect your greatness. And you have to design them at the level of your future self. You have to invest in yourself at the level of your future self. So James Clear, wrote a book called Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits is one of the greatest books ever when it comes to entrepreneurs or anybody that wants to accomplish a goal in their life. And it is incredible. And so when I was outlining today's episode, I was like, I remember James Clear wrote about this and did a study on this a couple of years ago, and I wanted to share it with you today. And so I'm gonna skim through this study 
Um, it's on his website. It's called Environment Design Organization. So his website is jamesclear.com and then it's Environment Design. So if you Google James Clear and Environment Design, you can read along with me. You can follow along with what's happening. But I want to say this before I share. The reason you're hearing this message right now is because there's some area of your life, either physically or digitally, that needs to be designed. That's the only reason that this episode would hit your ears right now. There's somewhere, whether it's your contacts, your notifications, your do not disturb mode, your desktop, your environment, your office, your, your space in your job, right? Because if I had a cubicle in a job, that cubicle would be designed to bring the best of me out. I would do everything in my power to make it comfortable where I sit, what I have, what's on my desk, what's a reminder. And I would build it to remind me of my future self and hold me to that standard. Okay. So in James's article, he talks about how making changes can be difficult because it's hard to get motivated to do something over and over again, even if we know that it's good for us. And so what we find is we find a lot of people try to motivate themselves or inspire themselves, but it's always fleeting. And so they've studied this for years. This one was from a researcher at Columbia University that your environment impacts your behavior way more often than you can change with your inspiration or your determination or your dedication. And so what they did is actually studied countries and they used this test about being an organ donor. So. They collected data from 11 countries in Europe. The percentage of people in each country who had selected to be organ donors in the chart. So I'm going to read the chart to you because it's not too crazy. But basically, when the researchers looked at the graph, it was somewhat confusing. They thought the difference in donations would be caused by factors like religion and culture, but that wasn't the case. For example, Denmark and Sweden are located right next to each other. They have many geographic, cultural, and social similarities. You would expect their donation rates to be roughly the same. And yet only 4% of the population in Denmark has chosen to become an organ donor. Well, almost 86% of the population in Sweden has chosen to donate. So what would be the difference between a 4% opt-in rate or an 86% opt-in rate? Well, here's what's crazy. The people in Denmark aren't more selfish than the people in Sweden. The difference in the donation rates was due to the type of form that each country sent out. So the country with the low rates of organ donors sent out a form that said, if you want to be an organ donor, check here. In other words, the form required people to opt in to make a choice. Okay. Meanwhile, the countries with high rates of donations sent out a form that said, if you don't want to be an organ donor, check here. In other words, the form required people to opt out. And the difference was astounding. So why is this important? If someone asked why or why not you chose to be an organ donor, you would probably come up with a really important reason for your answer. After all, being an organ donor seems like a very personal decision. But the truth is, is whether you choose to be an organ donor or not had more to do with the type of form that was sent than anything else. So if a simple form can make such a drastic difference in your choices, how do other pieces of environment impact you on a daily basis? And how can you improve upon it? So in most cases, the majority of people chose the default option to which they were assigned. In other words, most of us respond the same way to the cues that surround us. If you are sent a form that asks you to make a tough decision, you will probably go with the default option. If you see a cookie on the counter, you will probably eat it. If you hear music, you will probably start tapping your feet. 
You may think that you can control most of your choices, but the truth is that a large portion of your actions every day are simply a response to the environment designed around you. The forms your mail, the kitchen counter items, the items at your desk at work, the grocery store layouts, everything. They all impact your behavior one way or another. So to bring it back to the researcher's quote, we could say that your environment is the default option which you are assigned. The environment you surround yourself with determines the default actions that you take on a day-to-day -day basis. Well, here's the good news. Because you can design your environment, you can guarantee your win or your default option be aligned with your goals. So here's how we recommend doing it, okay? Here's an easy way to apply environmental design into your own life. Think about your environment in relation to the number of steps it takes to perform a habit. To make good habits easier, reduce the number of steps to do them. To make bad habits harder, increase the number of steps between you and the habit. So here are some examples. Eat more vegetables. Buy dark green plates and you'll automatically serve yourself 30% more when you eat foods that are dark green in color, like spinach, broccoli, and leafy greens. I covered the science behind this, so he wrote an entire article on the science of that, okay? Um, reduce mindless eating. I don't know about you, but if I see a cookie sitting on the kitchen counter, then I'm going to eat it. I don't even need to be hungry. It's just there, so I respond. I'm simply reacting to my environment. Make life easier on yourself by removing unhealthy food from your view. Put healthier options like fruit and nuts on the kitchen counter. Uh, turn on the TV less often. Pick up your remote and put it in a drawer, a closet, or somewhere out of sight. When your remote used to be, put a book. If you want to watch TV, not just when you're bored, but when there's actually a show on that you want to see, you can walk up to the TV and turn it on with the button that's actually on the TV. This also prevents mindless channel surfing and makes it more likely that you'll pick up a book instead of the remote control. Let's talk about working out. How to work out more frequently. When you get home from a long day of work or when you're tucked into a warm bed in the morning, it doesn't take much of an obstacle to keep you from working out. You can remove one hurdle in your environment by laying out your workout clothes the night before. When your shoes, water bottle, and gear are ready and waiting for you, there is one less hurdle between you and a good workout, okay? So in each example, you're adjusting your environment design so that the number of steps between you and a good behavior is less than before. And then the number of steps between you and a bad behavior is more than it was previously. So let me give an example. Let's say on your phone, you have Facebook and Instagram. And if you open screen time, you find yourself mindlessly scrolling the apps and you're not being intentional. So what would be an easy solution? Well, you simply remove the apps, Facebook and Instagram off of your phone. So when it's time to use them, you have to go to your computer or re-download the app with an intention of, I'm gonna to respond to comments, I'm gonna to respond to DMs, I'm gonna post a post, I'm gonna spend 10 minutes with a timer, and then when I'm done, I'm done. And so you can make these changes everywhere in your life, in your environment to set you up to win. So he says, where do we go from here? Well, when you think about environmental design, most of the time we assume that to take a certain action, we need to have an incentive, right? You hear people say, I need to get motivated or I need to have a good reason. We also assume the same approach for managing and motivating others. Managers and leaders will often assume that they need to incentivize their employees or their teammates or students to take a picture action. 
It's easy to imagine the countries in the organ donation study sending out mailing to motivate their citizens to donate or offering an incentive to the people who chose to become organ donors. But environmental design is so powerful because it paints a completely different picture. It proves that our choices and preferences can be crafted by the environment around us. And suddenly it becomes apparent that we don't need to be motivated or incentivized to take action. We simply need to be surrounded by the right cues. Let me say that again. We simply need to be surrounded by the right cues. So I want you to imagine your world as I'm reading this and I'm sharing this with you. Imagine if your home, your office, your gym, your bedroom, your bathroom was all crafted in a way that made the good behaviors easier and the bad behaviors harder. How often would you make healthy and productive choices if they were simply your default response to your environment? And how much easier would that be than trying to motivate yourself all the time? So most of the time, we don't actively choose the environment that surrounds us, but we can. We can be intentional about everything. And so I want you to start thinking about how your environment is designed, like how your environment design is impacting your choices and impacting your results. Think about your team meetings. Think about messaging with your team. Think about your inbox management. Think about your podcast flow. Think about your desk, right? Think about how your computer is set up. Think about the desktop. Think about your phone. Think about everywhere around you that you interact with every day. And let's say as entrepreneurs, we interact with, I don't know, let's call it 700 cues every single day around us from notifications to life, to traffic, to cars, to everything. And if you start to really add up how much our environment shapes who we are and what we do, we realize that our success is going to boil down to being intentional about every one of those environmental cues and not allowing them to derail us from where we want to go. And so I highly recommend James's book, Atomic Habits. He breaks this down in the entire book. I've probably read it five, six times. I re-listen to it at least once a year. I take habit stacking. I put them on top. But I want you to really think about this. I want you to think about your environment. I want you to ask yourself if it's setting you up for success or if it's setting you up for overwhelm or anxiety or stress or distraction or complacency or whatever the case may be. Because there are so many amazing things that you can change in one minute, two minutes, five minutes a day that make the biggest difference for how you're going to show up the next day. And I'll give you one of my favorites. So right now, as soon as I'm done recording this podcast in about two minutes, I'm going to close my laptop and I'm going to leave my office. I'm not going to be back in my office for at least eight days. I have to go home and pack. I'm getting on an airplane. I'm going to Ohio. I come back Then I'm going to Tennessee to keynote. And so I have a lot of time away, but I'm still finishing cleaning the rest of my office and I didn't get through everything today, but I don't want to leave my office and think about for the next eight days, nine days, 10 days, what did I do? What was here? What stressed me? What didn't? Because that's not going to help me. So all I'm going to do is if you're watching this, I have a sticky note right in front of me. When I'm done with this podcast on this sticky note, I'm going to write down the five things that I want to get done when I come back into this office. And so I'm going to take that sticky note, I'm going to close my laptop, and I'm going to paste it right on top of my laptop. And then when I walk out that door, I can leave the office knowing that whatever I needed to do is written down. And so when I come back in nine days to unload my camera gear, to grab some stuff, and I want to get back into the zone, I walk over to my desk that is already clean, ready to go, and it has the five things 
that are the most important for me to get done when I come back into the office. And so when I walk in, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to stress. I don't have to ask myself, what was it? What did I forget? What do I remember? Was I supposed to do that? All I have to do is simply walk in and ask myself, is now the time to execute? And if the answer is yes, then I say yes. And if not, I'll prioritize it later. Just like tomorrow, I have a flight. I know I have two flights tomorrow. They're two hours and 45 minutes each, and I have an hour layover. And so I don't like wasting travel time. And so I knew my layover. I scheduled a business call on my layover that's completely fine if I'm walking through the airport. And then I had some tasks that I don't need the internet to do. I'm editing some photos that are really important to me. I'm doing some writing. And so what I did is I opened my laptop that I'm going to have on the road with me tomorrow. And the only apps that are open on my laptop are the Google document. And I put the prompts in that I wanted to write. And then Lightroom, Adobe Lightroom with the photos that I want to edit. So when I get on the airplane tomorrow at 7 a.m. and I open my laptop whenever I'm ready to start working and I unlock it, my laptop is already going to be open to the two things that I said I wanted to accomplish. And then my entire job at that point is to accomplish those things. Now, I have to have discipline. I have to have, you know, good self-resolve. I have to not open my email and social, which I won't because... I will not connect my computer to the internet until I am done writing and those photos are edited. And once they're edited, I will need to connect to the internet to send them to the person I want to send them to. So my environment on the plane tomorrow is designed to support me in getting that done, eliminating all outside influence and ensuring that I get my job done and my task done, which by default will increase my momentum, my clarity, my drive, my confidence, and want me to push to keep going. And so my question for you, and I would love to hear this from you, whether it's in our Facebook group or Instagram, but I'd love to hear it on Instagram. Shoot me a DM on Instagram. You know my Instagram. It's George Bryant. I want to know the one thing that you're going to change in your environment today. Because I'll say this and I'll say this boldly. If you listen to this and change nothing, you're just lying to yourself. Every one of us, even those of us that study this, that teach this, that do this, constantly have to adjust and renegotiate our relationship with our environment. And it's really easy to fall into the trap of, I'll just do it, I'll do it later, I'll write it down, I'll do another task, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. But all that does is increase the pain and the amount of time it will take for the shift to actually happen. We need to be intentional. We need to be grounded. We need to be a lighthouse. We need to have a plan for everything that we do. And so if you listen to this, when you listen to this, you have two tasks. Task number one, I want you to write down at least five things in your environment that you can change in five minutes or less that will set you up to win. If you need help, shoot me a DM on Instagram and I will help you. So task number one is you need to write down five things that you can change in your environment, your gym, your health, your food, your car, your office, your computer, your staff, your meetings, your email. Five things that will take you less than five minutes to implement. So that means 25 minutes total for you to implement this over the coming weeks, which will probably buy you back more happiness, time, and money than you've ever had before. That's task one. And task two is I'm going to selfishly ask you to please take this episode and send it to three people. Don't send them the podcast. Don't say, oh, you should listen to George's show. Be like, I listened to this episode. These five things are going to help me. I want you to listen to it. And I'm asking you to please help me increase the awareness of the show, increase the spread of the show, and send this to people that could benefit. 
send it to three people, tell them why it's important to you and help them find it as well. Because the more you control the environment of your friends and your colleagues, the more they'll hold you accountable as well. And so when you think about environmental design, you have your physical environment, which is what we talked about. You have your digital environment, which I referenced, and then you have your relationship environment, which is your friends, your colleagues, your family, and what they hold you accountable for. And those are the three biggest areas where your environmental design can make the greatest difference in your results and how fast you achieve them. So I'm giving you a head start and I'm asking you to send this to three friends who will do this with you so you guys can hold each other accountable, be accountability partners, bounce ideas off of each other and get into momentum so you can get into my world, into the mastermind, at the event, listen to more of the podcast. We can hang out. You can come to Montana. You can hang out my studio. I don't care. But it's going to get you some result that moves us closer to spending more time together. And it's going to benefit them and it's going to benefit you. So I went a little bit over because it's a really important topic. It's been 25 minutes, but I just want to say thank you for listening. I want you to really take this seriously. Your list could take you less than 30 seconds to make, but if you don't make it, it will never change. So make it, make it a priority and make it important. So write down five things. It'll take less than five minutes each to change in your environment, either in your physical environment, your digital environment, or your relationship environment. And then please send this episode to three friends and enroll them into doing this with you so that they can hold you accountable, you can hold them accountable. So your team members, your VAs that you work with, your contractors, it doesn't matter to me. All that matters is that you're not doing this alone and that you're actually implementing it. So that's where we're gonna wrap the show. I love you to absolute pieces. Oh, and by the way, if you have not heard about the backstage pass or backstage access, what we did is we took our last event, we wrote a 30-page implementation guide, chopped up the videos of the speakers and me teaching and took the entire event that people paid anywhere from $600 to $2,000 for at the event and put it together. And we're offering it to you with backstage access for the price of a latte every month. I mean, every day for a month, that's it. The price of a latte every day for a month and you get all of it step-by-step, step, the chronological notes, what I taught, what the speakers taught, what Alex Sharfin taught, what Hannah Impalo taught, what Brian Bogart taught, plus my wedge of expectations, which by the way, takes today's podcast and 20X is your results a lot faster, all of that. And so if you want that, all you have to do is DM me the word on Instagram, backstage or back, yeah, backstage pass, or go to our website, mindofgeorge.com, and it'll be linked somewhere at the top. It'll be in our Facebook group. If you really, really want it, here's the deal. You'll find it. And so if you feel it, go find it. Go get it. DM me. Make it easy. But either way, I'm going to wrap the show now. I'm going to run out the door. I'm going to write my sticky note on my laptop. I'm going to close it, turn all the lights off, and then I'm going to go out for eight days and know that when I come back, my environment is designed for me to win already. So. Have an absolutely beautiful day, whatever day of the week it is that you're listening to this. If you are listening to this for the first time and you haven't, please subscribe to the show. If my slice of crazy is okay with you, I'd love to have more of it. So subscribe to the show. If you haven't, leave a review and do the rest of it. But I love you all. I will either see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. But either way, it's time to cue the outro. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. 
Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.